Here's the Bills' latest pick. With the ninth pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Ed Oliver, defensive tackle, Houston. Josh Allen, quarterback, Wyoming. Tredavious White, defensive back, LSU. Jermaine Edmonds, linebacker, Virginia Tech. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you. Looking forward to reflecting on some of the things we learned from the OTAs that went down this week at One Bills Drive, uh, week two of the OTAs, the organized team activities. And uh, we've got a lot to dig into from the big takeaways that were this week. Uh, before I get into that, I do want to thank Untucket for sponsoring Locked On. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com with our promo code NBA, like National Basketball Association, to get 20% off. Again, untuckit.com, promo code NBA to get 20% off. Also, today's show is brought to you by Grip 6 Belts, which are ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and also a great Father's Day gift. Grip 6 has a special offer for you. Over at grip6.com slash lock. That's grip6, like the number six, dot com slash lock with an E on the end of lock. Also, as a reminder, you can get the Locked On Bills podcast on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Bills. Now, before I I get into some of my big takeaways from what we learned about the Bills in OTAs Week 2, I do want to remind you that we have Twitter Tuesday every Tuesday here on this podcast. Please, I kindly ask that you send me your takes, questions, comments, concerns about the Bills, AFC East, college football, the NFL, whatever you want me to talk about. Tuesdays are the show where you dictate the conversation. Let me know what you want to hear me talk about. You can hit me up on Twitter at the Joe Marino, hashtag Twitter Tuesday, or send me an email. A lot of people send me emails each week. You're fine to do it that way as well. The address is joe at the draftnetwork.com if you choose to contact me in that way. But uh, looking for a big week next week. We had a good week this week, Twitter Tuesday. I encourage you to go back and listen if you missed it. But we didn't have a lot. We had really good in terms of quality, but the quantity was down. Let's fill this thing up next week. Kindly ask that you do so. All right, so let's start off by talking about the injury update uh, that we were given regarding this week in OTAs. Uh, We've still got Cole Beasley, who's out with a core injury, Mitch Morse out with a core injury, although he did some light work, so it sounds like he's progressing pretty well. Tyler Croft, of course, is out with the foot injury. Uh, Frank Gore, a foot and an ankle injury. TJ Yeldon, groin Russell Bodine has a shoulder, uh, and then we have uh, tight end Jason Kroom has a hamstring. 
The new one this week was Quentin Spain, who's out indefinitely with a thumb injury. Um, and so that's that was kind of the big one, which caused a little bit of a shakeup with the offensive line. And really, you think with Quentin Spain, the last we knew, he was getting first-team reps at right guard. Mitch Morse is also out. So we've got some... We've got some shuffling of the deck already on the interior offensive line, but I want to talk about the offensive line just a little bit later here in the show. The first thing I want to talk about after the injuries is Josh Allen in shorts. Now, look, there's been six practices, if I my numbers add up, and the media has been exposed to two of them, and the reports were outstanding about Josh Allen and what he was able to do this week uh, on the open on the Tuesday practice where the media was allowed to be in there, a lot of very very positive strong remarks about his command, his accuracy, his quick decision making, his aggressive decisions that worked out. His I mean, just all the stuff you'd want to hear about your franchise quarterback, especially in Josh Allen's situation entering year two of his career, where expect, expectations are extremely high. Now, it's funny because I saw some comments on Twitter when talking about this Josh Allen situation where, you know, Jerry Sullivan, he went out, come out and said, well, you know, look, the best practice quarterback I ever saw was Rob Johnson. And he was just outstanding when he was kept clean and, you know, make great throws all the time. And then, you know, some some jokes about Nathan Peterman and how good he looked in practice. Can we just appreciate that Josh Allen's having a good practice session? It's okay to be excited about that within context. Everybody knows it's one session. But this is a hell of a lot better than the reports of EJ Manuel sailing the ball into the bleachers that weren't even catchable to for the wide receivers. Would you rather hear that? Save me your Rob Johnson jokes. Save me your Nathan Peterman jokes. If Josh Allen looks good, it's the media's responsibility to report that he looks good. And you don't have to cast a wet blanket over it. So I I hate that discussion. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Would you rather Josh Allen look like crap out there and everybody talk about how he's not grown? Or would you rather hear that he's doing a great job? Come on now. It always got to be that guy. There's always got to be that guy out there that has to try to cast shade, throw that wet blanket over the conversation. Yeah, we get it. It's, he's in shorts. It's practice. There's no real pass rush. There's not contact. But damn it, he looks good. And that's exactly what you want to hear about your quarterback in May in week two of OTAs. We have no idea what we don't know, right? The Bills have practiced Four times that the media has not seen, and we have no idea how Josh Allen looked. We're reflecting on what we heard about on Tuesday, and I'm very encouraged, and I'm going to choose to be happy about it, and I'm not going to sit here and drop stupid names like Rob Johnson and Nathan Peterman. Get excited all you want. It's one practice. He looked good. That's what we want to hear. My gosh. All right. I'm going to end that rant right there. Hey, I want to let you guys know this podcast today is sponsored by our good friends at Cover One. They have an awesome podcast, the Buffalo Podcast. I love the written content that you also get over at Cover One. The analysis is detailed. The breakdowns, the video breakdowns are exceptional. The in-depth Bills coverage, second to none on the internet 
Love the X's and O's analysis that Eric Turner gives you over there at Cover One. You got to check out their podcast if you're listening, if you're looking for a podcast to listen about the Bills in addition to this one. Their podcast can be found on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I know Greg Thompson and Aaron Quinn do a great job on that podcast. We had Greg on a water cooler Wednesday. Wink, wink. We might have Aaron Quinn on here in the very near future to uh, to have another member of the outstanding Cover One team. You got to check them out. CoverOne.net and the Cover One app. You can get them on Android and iOS devices. You can find Cover One on all social media platforms at Cover underscore One underscore rob quinn another one of my favorites russell brown does great great work christian page a great staff over there if you're looking for bill specific analysis x's and o's type stuff as well as really good draft coverage that kind of spans the entire league check out cover1.net it's fantastic all right let's let's talk about some some more that we learned this week from the one session of otas that media was available at and I want to talk about some of these rookies because there are four rookies that got first team reps this week. And I don't think we heard that uh, last week when we were able to get some reports from the media at Oliver getting uh, first team reps at three technique, uh, which is exciting. You know, last week when, from what we knew, Jordan Phillips was the guy opposite of Star Latula. It looks like at Oliver in week two. He's been sprinkled in. Now, again, we don't know what we don't know. He could have been sprinkled in a lot more, but uh, from what we're, we're privy to know at this time, it's good to know that Ed Oliver is starting to get those looks and being put in those situations where he's lining up and working alongside the starters for the Bills defense. Dawson Knox, the tight end, obviously with uh, Tyler Croft being injured, Jason Kroon being injured. Dawson Knox is getting the opportunity to work with the ones, which is good because you want him to get those chances to, uh, you know, to to work with Josh Allen. And there were some reports that Josh Allen even went and kind of corrected him and talked about uh, the way that he wanted to run a certain route even flatter. And so, really good to hear that about Josh Allen, but also that you know he's starting to get those conversations, that chemistry built up with Josh Allen. And yeah, it comes at the expense of. Guys in front of him on the depth chart not being able to to perform right now in Croft and Kroon, but uh, the silver lining, if you will, the optimism is that Dawson Knox, who really does need a lot of reps given how he was used at Ole Miss, he's getting those reps with Josh Allen, with the ones, and that can only be positive for the Bills offense and obviously Dawson Knox's development in the NFL. Devin Singletary getting some first-team reps, which makes sense, again, with Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon both out he's getting chances to work with the ones there was some uh, some reports there that Josh Allen actually uh, threw a perfectly placed uh, ball black shoulder throw to Devin Singletary in the seven on seven session which is great because you want to hear about a greatly greatly thrown pass from Josh Allen on a back shoulder throw but also Devin Singletary who we had some questions about his uh, you know what type of receiving threat he can be in the NFL because in Lane Kiffin's offense offense at FAU he was not featured as a receiver and in fact his receiving production declined in every single season and so uh, good to see that he's getting chances to catch football. Good to see that he's getting some work with the ones because I, I've said this a few times. I think it's important for the Bills to get a gauge on Devin Singletary this year. See what they have for next year, right? Like uh, you know, I don't expect Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy to be on this football team beyond this year, and so knowing what 
you have in Devin Singletary, I think, is very important as the Bills look to shape their backfield in 2020. Cody Ford also getting uh, first-team reps at right tackle, uh, which which is what we kind of expected here. You know, I, I thought there was only a matter of time before he got in there. He Maybe he has already, but last week he wasn't the guy at right tackle. It was Ty Inseki at right tackle. And so you now Cody Ford's getting that chance to work on the right side which is very encouraging. You like to see him starting to get a chance. In fact, the, the entire right side of the line, actually, let's talk about the entire first-team offensive line as reported by Joe Biscaglia. Uh, Joe Biscaglia at left tackle was Deion Dawkins, so that's consistent for two weeks now. Spencer Long, starter at left guard, that's consistent now for two weeks now. John Feliciano starting at center uh, in place of, obviously, Mitch Morse. Wyatt Teller with Quinton Spain being out is the right guard, and Cody Ford at right tackle. That was the Bills' first team offensive line. So uh, the big takeaway there is, is first man up in place of Quentin Spain was Wyatt Teller. Uh, also, Cody Ford getting a chance to play right tackle. And when the Bills went second team, the offensive tackles were Ty Insecki on the left side, Adrian Waddle on the right side. So certainly we, we've now have two practices where Ty Insecki has played left tackle and right tackle. And so that's kind of telling there that they like him as that versatile guy that can play on both sides. And so if Cody Ford can man the right tackle spot, Honestly, Ty Insecki's versatility could be his own worst enemy for getting into the starting lineup because you feel good about him playing in either spot. And, you know, I don't think Deion Dawkins can play right tackle based on what we saw in preseason. And Cody Ford, I'm not anxious to see if he could play left tackle. So, honestly, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, that could be his worst enemy, that he can play both both positions. You kind of remember Craig Urbic. That was true with him, right? Like He's a good football player, but a lot of times he didn't start just because he can be the backup at center and guard. And so you're kind of seeing a similar situation here, potentially with Inseki. I could be getting ahead of myself, but you know that we're we, we're trying to extrapolate what we can based off of uh, you know limited secondhand information from practices that we don't even see you know in totality in terms of what's going out throughout the course of the entire week to really gauge you know what the rotations are like. So we had four of the rookies getting first-team reps, which is good. That's a very good thing. In fact, the Bills' first four picks, that's what you want to hear, that they're getting chances to, uh, to acclimate themselves into the lineup with the ones. I always thought it was – I also thought, excuse me, that the situation with the, uh, the cornerback, the secondary, was pretty interesting based on the reports that we heard. Uh, but before I dig into that, remember to get this show every day by subscribing to Locked On Bills on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Bills. All right, so the secondary situation is interesting, right? We Trey White's the number one corner, but for the second Tuesday in a row that we're made aware, the primary guy opposite of him was Levi Wallace. And so it really feels like, I know it's May, but it really kind of feels like that job is his to lose. And, um, you know, look, I mean, Sean McDermott has come out and said, you know, Levi Wallace represents everything that we're trying to do in Buffalo. So you really feel like he's got the upper hand. But at the same time, some very encouraging reports about the way Kevin Johnson is playing. Uh, obviously, the first round pick, the former first round pick by the Houston Texans that was released. They pick up their fifth year option on him and then they released him, which 
you know, that makes sense because when you guarantee that fifth year option, it's only guaranteed against injury. So you can cut them and you can get that clean uh, cap break, the cap relief by doing that. And so the Bills scooped him up and it sounds like he's performing well. It's never been a talent issue with Kevin Johnson. He's actually performed pretty well when he's been on the field. He just can't stay healthy. So if he's healthy, it looks like the Bills have at a minimum, very good depth, but also truly a guy that's challenging challenging Levi Wallace, which I think is good, right? Levi Wallace, at the end of the day, we love the way he finished the season, but he's still an undrafted free agent that played well down the stretch, but you don't just hand him anything. I talked about this several times now. I want to bring it up again. Matt Milano, right? Matt Milano was always going to be the Bills' starter at linebacker last year, but they kind of kept sprinkling in Roman Humber making sure that his pencil was sharpened at all times, and you really got the best out of Matt Milano. Same thing with Levi Wallace. The Bills probably really do want Levi Wallace to be the starter, but that doesn't mean that Kevin Johnson is not going to be brought in and make sure that you know everybody's eyes are dotted and T's are crossed. Same thing with EJ Gaines, who you know is, is the most proven player uh, that is in contention for the job opposite of Trey White. So it looks like that competition's pretty open. But Levi Wallace appears to have the upper hand. Also, Saran Neal, the Bills' fifth-round draft pick from 2018. Pretty quiet rookie season, special teams mostly. He's getting a chance to work exclusively from the nickel. And I think that's interesting because, look, he's he's a big nickel, right? Teron Johnson, freaking good football player. But he's a little bit smaller, and so there could be some matchup situations where you may prefer Saran Neal. Maybe it's against a bigger slot. It's a flexed-out tight end. Saran Neal has that size, athleticism, and physicality to really match up with those guys, and I love that he's getting a chance to work from the slot. Really good tackler. He played a lot of different positions in college, but can he be that big slot, that Raphael Bush role that we saw last year? And, you know, I know that a lot of that kind of came to fruition because Teron Johnson got injured and Raphael Bush had to work from the slot. But now you can start to play the matchups a little bit. I think Teron Johnson is still going to be your primary slot, but you could go, you could bring in that third safety. You could have them both on the field at the same time. You know, I mean, you have so much flexibility if he can truly factor into that spot. And the Bills are going to be a nickel a ton. And there could just be situations where it just makes more sense to have Saran Neal. So I'm anxious to see how that develops. I really like Saran Neal coming out. Teron Johnson and Saran Neal, you can search the tweets. I was really excited when the Bills picked those two guys last year. And I think you're kind of starting to see exactly how they can make an impact on this defense. I'm very encouraged and excited to hear that those guys are, are getting a chance. Obviously, Teron Johnson sounds like he's the he's the true starter at at nickel. I mean, leave, uh, defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier talked about that at his presser this week that, you know, look, it's this is about who's going to be the backup. He even kind of mentioned, mentioned EJ Gaines because he filled that role a bit a couple seasons ago when he was in Buffalo. So you start to like some of this versatility and some of the matchups the Bills could potentially play with uh, these defensive backs and 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 Saran Neal certainly in position to carve out a bigger role here in year two and you know look Raphael Bush a veteran player did some good things for the Bills late last year he's got to be on notice right especially with Jaquan Johnson a, a player that the Bills drafted on day three kind of gives them the special teams upside if Saran Neal proves that he can be an asset on defense it's going to be the outside looking in for Raphael Bush. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe to the show on the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and tell your smart device to play podcast 
Locked On Bills. I'm going to be back again for you tomorrow. We took Monday off this week for Memorial Day. I got something fun planned for you on Friday. I'm going to do a 53-man roster projection as we look at this team here and late May. So this will be my first one. We'll do this a few more times uh, in the build up into the buildup of, you know, obviously the final cuts in several, several weeks, uh, you know, before the season. But we'll get our first look at what this 53 man roster could look like. So I haven't done it yet, so I'm anxious to see what it looks like. Uh, but we'll work through it on the Friday show. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch up with you guys again tomorrow.